The Leslie Marshall Show, a true democracy in talk radio. Of, for, and by you, the people. Welcome to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall with you for the next hour before you will be hearing Leslie for the following two hours. But for this hour, I am very pleased to be joined again by a very good friend of the show, Brad Bannon, who runs Bannon Communications Research, a polling, message development, and media firm which helps labor unions, progressive issue groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. Brad is also a senior advisor to and contributing editor for Tiller4U.com. That's T-I-L-L-E-R, the number four, Y-O-U.com. It's the social media network for politics. He lectures in political science at Salem State University in Salem, Massachusetts, and you can follow him on Twitter at Brad Bannon. That's B-R-A-D-B-A-N-N-O-N, and his website is BannonCR.com. Brad, happy Monday. Uh, Great to have you. Hey, Mark. uh, I have bad news for you, though. Oh, boy. Uh Uh-oh. As a New York State resident, you no longer can contribute uh, any money to the uh, Trump Foundation. I know, I know. It's just it's been a devastating day for me, really, reading that news and the fact that you know he's had quite a day, hasn't he, Brad? You know, we thought the the uh, the tax revelations from the New York Times over the weekend were really going to dominate the news, which what we're going to be talking about, which is obviously the biggest story. But since then, we've had today the announcement you just referred to, which is that. Uh, the New York State Attorney General has made it so that people, uh, or the Trump Foundation, can no longer solicit donations in New York State because they were not properly authorized to do so in the first place. Uh, and then we also had the story earlier this morning that Trump uh, rented out office space uh, to a an Iranian bank that was later deemed uh, affiliated with a terrorist uh, group and also was helping Iran to get uranium, which is obviously ironic with him railing against Hillary Clinton and President Obama for the Iran nuclear deal, which helps uh, beat back Iran's power to make nuclear weapons, whereas he was financially helping them. And then then in addition, you just mentioned uh, you know that story. And then we also had, uh, just in the last couple hours, apparently Trump was at a town hall meeting, and he was asked a question, a uh, veteran's town hall meeting, he was asked a question by an audience member about uh, veteran suicide, and he insinuated that those uh, who have PTSD are not strong enough to handle uh, what they're going through. So obviously uh, a very bad weekend and Monday uh, for Donald Trump and his campaign. But um, the biggest story we want to focus on, although you're welcome to call in about any of those topics at 888-6-LESLIE, that's 888-653-7543, is the big story we mentioned that broke this past Saturday Um on the New York Times, uh, they broke a story that Donald Trump declared, for those uh, who, have, who have not heard or haven't heard the details, that Trump declared in 1995 on his income tax returns a massive loss of $916 million, so almost a billion dollars, 
and it's a tax deduction so substantial it could have allowed him to legally avoid paying any federal income taxes for up to 18 years a claim that the Trump campaign has not refuted since the story broke. Quote, and this is from the New York Times story, the $916 million loss certainly could have eliminated any federal income taxes Mr. Trump otherwise would have owed on the $50,000 to $100,000 he was paid for each episode of The Apprentice or the roughly $45 million he was paid between 1995 and 2009 when he was chairman of or excuse me, chairman or chief executive of the publicly traded company he created to assume ownership of his troubled Atlantic City casinos. Ordinary investors in the new company, meanwhile, saw the value of their shares plunge to 17 cents from the original price of $35.50, while scores of contractors went unpaid for work on Mr. Trump's casinos and casino bondholders received pennies on the dollar, end quote. Brad, what's your reaction to the story, and what do you think the political fallout looks like? Well, uh, I think the other uh, thing to consider uh, to judge the uh, importance of the story is this follows a week uh, in which Mr. Trump spent beating up um, a young Latina woman uh, named Alicia Mercado. Uh, which I think was already doing him great damage. Uh, I think the best way to describe it politically is uh, two national polls came out today, and that means they really didn't measure the impact of the time story on his taxes. We'll save that for later. Uh, But two national polls uh, came out today, one by Politico and one by ABC News, uh, which showed Trump going from a one-point lead uh, to a six-point deficit. Wow. Uh, so just on the basis of what the debate and the what happened after the debate, uh, Trump's taken a real dive in the last week, and the pollsters haven't even got around to me- you know measuring the impact of this new tax story. Uh, so, you know, th- this, this is a one-two punch, really, uh, and it's going to be very difficult for uh, Donald Trump to survive uh, this combination, I think. Yeah, and the Machado story that you brought up was very self-inflicted. I mean, he was asked about it during the debate, obviously didn't handle it well, but then, you know, he you, he, he went back, you know, talks, you think he talks to his handlers, Kellyanne Conway, you know, people advise him on how to deal with it, and instead he goes on Fox and Friends the next morning and doubles down on calling her uh, fat, which is just un, you know, thinkable, and then goes on that bizarre, tw- we haven't talked about that yet, that bizarre tweet storm, uh, I think it was Thursday. Uh, well, it would have been early Friday morning from 3.20 a.m. in the morning to 5.20 a.m. in the morning, making these weird claims, trying to tell people to check out a sex tape that she was allegedly in, which later doesn't turns exist. out, yeah, doesn't exist. She wasn't in it, which still, I mean, the fact that he's even doing that stuff just blows my mind. But the fact that he was even wrong about that, it just shows, like, how ins- this guy just sitting up, you know, in early hours of the morning, seething because someone caught him, you know, demeaning women and he doesn't know what to do, so he looks up internet rumors and just starts tweeting them. It's just absolutely insane. And then, for those who you know are very concerned about you know D- Donald Trump's taxes, which it says sixty-two percent according to uh, most recent po- 
poll say that uh, Americans, 62% of Americans, believe that we should see his tax returns, that they're important. And I believe they're especially important with the foundation of his uh, argument that he should be president, that he's a good businessman. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then you look at, it, this is the other bizarre thing, his, his surrogates, and I could tell you this had to have come from him because this buzzword genius was being used by both of them. But Trump surrogates Rudy Giuliani and Chris Christie are saying that Trump paying no taxes for 18 years thanks to running his business is so bad that he lost yeah. nearly a billion dollars. An economic a genius doesn't lose uh, close to a billion dollars in one year to start with. And I think that's the real problem with this story. Part of the Trump's, Trump's biggest obstacle to beating Hillary Clinton is that very few Americans uh, think he has the qualifications necessary to be an effective chief executive um, or commander-in-chief. And it seems to me that the best shot Trump has for establishing uh, his bona fides on that score is to convince Americans that he is an economic powerhouse, uh, you know, big, successful businessman. Uh, well, the reality is that tax returns, uh, in addition to the, all the Chapter 11s he's incurred, you know, strike right at the middle of that argument. Uh, and, you know, he can't, you know, he's never crossed that threshold where Americans say, well, gee, you know, yeah, he does have the experience to be an effective president. Even people who don't like Hillary Clinton very much do think she has the experience to be an effective president. And this tax thing undermines all the arguments about him being a political genius. See, I think if you lose a billion dollars in a year uh, and don't have to pay any taxes, that doesn't qualify you to be a political genius. Uh, that shows you're an economic idiot because you lost a billion dollars in the first place. Yeah, and it shows that how his elite status coming up as a trust fund baby, getting what he called a, a quote-unquote small loan from his father for $14 million, shows how he's sheltered from paying for the losses that his company reaped because of the way he ran them. And instead, as you heard, the line I want to read again, the shareholders saw the value of their their shares plunge to 17 cents from 35.50 while scores of contractors went unpaid for work on Mr. Trump's casinos and casino bondholders received pennies on the dollar all while he doesn't have to pay any taxes uh, for 18 years. The question I want to leave our audience with as we head into this first break and you as well Brad and I'll let you answer as we come back from the break is if Trump is a genius for not paying income taxes what does that make everyone who does? Again, this is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall, joined by Brad Bannon. You can follow Brad on Twitter at Brad Bannon. That's B-R-A-D-B-A-N-N-O-N. Check out his website, BannonCR.com. If you'd like to give me a follow as well on Twitter, my handle is at Mark J. Grimaldi. That's M-A-R-K-J-G-R-I-M-A-L-D-I. You can join us at 8886-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show, 888-6-LESLIE.
Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall, talking about if Trump is, quote, a genius, as Rudy Giuliani and Chris Christie have said, for not paying income taxes. What does that make everybody who does? And uh, before the break, we were talking with Brad. Before I give you a, a chance to uh, answer that, Brad, I want to bring on Ishmael, a good friend of the show uh, from Virginia, who wants to touch on this subject. Ishmael, thanks for joining us, and go ahead. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, Trump is not genius at all. If you talk to his average supporter, they're always complaining about this rich system. And he embodied the whole rich system. He Bankruptcy is not paying taxes. This is what they rave about. This is why they supported him, and he's doing the exact same thing. It is, it's, I mean, I don't understand why they supported him. It's not really because of his genius. It's really because of hate. Yeah, I think you hit two two very important important points there. Which number one, which actually I think Bernie Sanders, uh, so you're in good company, said over the weekend very similarly to what you just did. Uh, it proves because of what Trump was able to do through his taxes that the system is rigged. So he's not the one who should be you know talking about fixing it. He's the one who's benefiting from this rigged system secretly because he wouldn't release his taxes. Uh, notable that we found out about this because a New York Times reporter was anonymously mailed uh, these state tax returns. Turns. Uh, and number two, we have you know many Trump supporters who are motivi- motivated by, as we see from the polls, uh, they've been polled. They think that President Obama was not born in America, despite his long form birth certificate mm-hmm. being released years ago. Something which Trump, you know, mm-hmm. led, and also things that like he's a secret Muslim. Uh, there was some crazy poll out talking about how or it wasn't a crazy poll. The results were crazy. Something like it was it was twenty something percent of Trump voters. Uh, uh, thought that they uh, the South should have won the Civil War or they wish the South would have won the Civil War. I mean, just things out there that you can't believe that any percentage of Americans believe, let alone above, like, you know, 0.1%. So, you know, I think when you talk about what's motivating them, you have those factors. But I want to give yeah. ch- a chance, Brad, to respond to you, Ishmael, and then we'll come back to you. So, Brad, go ahead with your thoughts. Uh, well, I think I also agree. I think your caller is right. By the way, do they call you Ishmael? Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, see, I think the big this tax thing is a problem uh, for Trump uh, because mm-hmm. it, it accentuates the argument. Uh, it, it undermines the argument that Trump needs to make that he is a successful businessman, and that that's really the only credential he could possibly use to convince Americans that he's qualified to be president. Mm-hmm. And as I said before you got on the line, the problem Trump has is there are very few Americans who think he's qualified to be president. Even mm-hmm. people who don't like Hillary Clinton think she's qualified to be president. And if you take this successful businessman argument away from Trump, and I think the tax stuff does do that uh he has no leg to stand on in convincing americans he could be an effective yeah. commander-in-chief or a chief executive ishmael yeah. go ahead absolutely now do, do, just to follow up do you think this is probably the last try do you think this is where they're going to turn things around this tax issue 
Um, I think there's still a lot of time, Brad. The question he was asking about is, you know, do you think this will be the last straw? I, I think anything can happen. You know, Brad, you know, as much as I do in elections, you know, how much time, yeah. you know, a month is. We have a little over a month, about about five weeks until 36 election days day. to be exact. Brad knows. It <laughs> always knows how many days. So, I mean, Brad, I want you to go ahead and comment on that, and then we're going to get to, uh, you know, some potential news coming down uh, tomorrow, which, you know, some people believe could affect the election, which we'll get to in a little bit but I don't want to go there just yet. So just to answer the question of whether you think this will be the last draw against Trump or, you know, whether or not he's still got uh, somewhere, you know, a ground to stand on, essentially. Well, I don't think this will be the last straw because what you see has happened since the conventions is that Trump gets close, then he says or does something stupid uh, like he has in the last week that gives Hillary Clinton a lead. And according to the two national polls I saw today, she's five or six points ahead of them nationally, which is a landslide, by the way, by modern standards. Uh, but Trump will, this race will close up again. It will go back to the, where they're basically dead even. But the problem is, Trump is self-destructive. Every time he gets to a point, I mean, before the debate, he was basically dead even with Hillary Clinton. Then he has a bad debate performance, says a lot of stupid things about what he started to say in the debate. Now he's five or six points behind. But I think this race will get closer again, but ultimately Hillary Clinton will win because Donald Trump is self-destructive. He can't stand success. And after this race gets close again, he will do or say something else stupid that will kill his chances. Brad, I want to talk specifically about voters in the Rust Belt and how this news regarding Trump's taxes play uh, in that region. And I'm going to give you a chance to respond after the break. Um, I wanted to bring up uh, CNN, uh, CNN's Eric Bradner uh, brought up in his article regarding the story that broke from the New York Times. Uh, quote, the case for Trump has long been that hardworking Americans, particularly in the Rust Belt, have been unfairly hammered by outside forces like immigration and globalization. By refusing to directly address the questions raised by the New York Times report, Trump's campaign so far has left open the possibility that those workers for years have paid more in federal income taxes than Trump, despite his vast wealth. So um, after we come back from the break, we're going to talk about how much of a problem that is for Trump. Brad already talks about how this news damages Trump's credibility as a businessman, which was already, I think, you know, severely uh, being damaged by the fact that he's been bankrupt six times and hasn't released his tax returns, so we really can't see how successful he really is. And the, the information that leaked out on Saturday from the New York Times shows how unsuccessful he was and the fact that he has skirted, you know, paying federal taxes for nearly two decades. Um, so we want to talk about what that news does uh, in the Rust Belt, specifically the fact uh, that I just mentioned from that CNN article. We're going to talk with Brad and you after this break. If you'd like to join us, it's 8886-Leslie. That's 888-653-7543. This is Mark Grimaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall for the next half hour, and then Leslie's back for the following two hours.
Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. Brad, uh, we're going to go to a caller in just a moment, but first I wanted to give you a chance to answer uh, what I had brought up before the break, and I'll just recap. As CNN's Eric Bradner brings up, quote, the case for Trump has long been that hardworking Americans, particularly in the Rust Belt, have been unfairly hammered by outside forces like immigration and globalization. By refusing to directly address the questions raised by the New York Times report, Trump's campaign so far has left open the possibility that those workers for years have paid more in federal income taxes than Trump, despite his wealth. How big of a problem is that for Trump in the Rust Belt, Brad? Uh, It's a big problem, and to put it in a larger context, the only way that Donald Trump could conceivably win the 270 votes a president needs uh, is to win Ohio. And there's just, I don't see any way he can win enough electoral votes to be elected president without Ohio. And the last couple of days have been a disaster for Trump in Ohio. The tax story, which you've been talking about, oh yeah, I'm a big, rich guy, I can get away of paying my taxes, but some you know, poor blue-collar worker uh, living in Euclid, Ohio, which is a Cleveland suburb, has to pay the full rate. Secondly, and I think this is a big political story that didn't get reported enough, is that over the weekend, I guess Saturday, or maybe even yesterday, LeBron James endorsed Hillary Clinton. Um, that's going to be a killer in Ohio. Yeah, especially and coming thirdly, up. He's like the, the prodigal son in Ohio. Won a championship. That's for right. Cleveland's first championship since 1952 or something. Um, and third, Newsweek is running a story today uh, that reports that Donald Trump and his companies uh, bought most of uh, steel and aluminum products for his companies from China. Wow. And that's what they make in western Pennsylvania and Ohio steel. That's uh, so if you put those three stories together, it, it, it's a killer. And I don't see how Trump wins Ohio, and I don't see how he wins the Electoral College without winning Ohio. Yeah, I think I, I, you're totally right as, You know, on those points, especially the one you know that I've been pondering, which is I don't see how he wins the Electoral College without winning in Ohio. And then you have the fact of, of these stories building up. Um, the other thing I want to get to, but first I want to get to our caller, uh, Carol in Ash. Uh, who wants to bring up uh, another battleground state, one that she lives in, which is North Carolina. Uh, and I don't want to steal any of your fire, Carol, so go ahead and thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much, Mark, for taking my call. Sure. Um, we just went down from Asheville down to the coast of North Carolina and went via this little back way, and it was pretty frightening. I mean, you're down there in cotton commercial, you know, cotton country, excuse me, and all you see are Trump pit signs everywhere. And then we were right outside Raleigh having lunch yesterday with these people who just got there from their hate hate church. Uh, And they were saying their preacher was preaching against Black Lives Matter and all these things. It's very, very disturbing. And I hear what you all are saying about Trump. But from where I stand, and I'm very politically involved, and I've been across the state, I'm not seeing people's mind change no matter what Trump does. I and think they keep saying that there's somewhere after the debate some sort of uh, middle-class women somewhere that hadn't made up their mind yet about, I want to know where those people are. Because I don't, I mean, I'm sorry, but I, as, as badly as I hate to say this, I don't think 
I think we're wishful thinking, thinking that these things that keep coming out, because if these are like evangelical people who get up in their churches and preach against cussing and everything, and yet they're supporting someone who says the F word in front of children. I think it's a great you point you bring up, Carol. I think they're it, crazy. No, I think you bring up a great point, and I'm going to give you a chance to respond, but I want to, sure. Brad, go ahead. I know you want to jump in here. Uh, Quinpiac University released a poll of all the battleground states today. Uh, Hillary Clinton has gone from being five points behind in North Carolina to one point ahead. Um, also, the uh, gubernatorial candidate, uh, your gubernatorial candidate, Ross, is six points ahead of the no, incumbent. No, it's Cooper, uh, not, not Cooper. Ross. Cooper is, is the gubernatorial. Six points ahead of Sorry. the incumbent governor, and Ross is uh, beating uh, your United States senator by two. You know, you're right about the evangelicals. They're going to vote for Trump for hell or high water. They're about 40% of the American pu- public who are going to vote for Trump regardless of what does or says anything. But what's killing them, if you look at the polls, uh, are the people you brought up. Uh, women who are normally independents or Republicans are horrified about Trump. And that's where he's taking a lot of flack. He's just, he'll, you know, he's good as gold for the evangelicals, but the problem is the evangelicals uh, aren't the swing vote in this country. And the swing voters are horrified by Trump. Yeah, Carol, I think you bring up some good points. And I think Brad, you know, has some good points as well. Something that I've noticed, you know, especially in rural, excuse me, especially in rural areas of the country that I've driven around, you know, I see a lot of Trump Pence signs. But I've also noticed that, you know, his uh, diehard supporters are a lot more likely to be, you know, quote unquote, loud and proud and, you know, get in your face and talk about their candidate, where a lot of Hillary supporters that I've talked to are more hesitant because they're afraid of reactions from people like the Trump supporters because so many of them are so, you know, rowdy and unhinged the way that they talk to you if you bring up anybody but Trump or especially if you bring up the fact that you're voting for Hillary Clinton. Whereas I think, you know, a lot of people who support him, you you see it, they wear it on their sleeves. You know what I mean? It's on their lawn signs. They're ready to openly talk to you about it and they're not afraid who they're going to offend, which is something that I think that, you know, Trump, it, 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 for those supporters embodies like, oh, we're not politically correct. We can just say anything. It doesn't matter who it hurts. And I think it, it gets into your mindset when you see these people that, oh, my God, there must just be, you know, the polls are wrong. He, he's going to, you know, creamer and it's going to be a landslide. But when you look at the the hard and fact scientific polls, um, I think North Carolina obviously is going to be a very telling story. I think it's going to be close. I don't think Hillary Clinton needs it to win. I think Donald Trump absolutely does. Um, Brad has talked about the must win states for Trump. And obviously there's an easier path for Hillary uh, on the electoral map um that said i think there's certain things that there's certain a certain demographic that is unmovable like you said brad and that you're talking about carol i think there's about 40 percent of the country that will vote for this man literally no matter what but that is not enough to win him the election i forget brad you brought up this statistic but what percentage of white men mitt romney won and the fact that that you know it was it was like unprecedented and he still got destroyed by president obama and yeah actually you're right mark uh in 2012 the national exit polls showed romney winning white voters 59 to 39 
but it didn't do them a damn's worth of good because minority turnout had increased, uh, and Romney got slaughtered in the minority community. So even though he won white voters by 20 points, he still lost the presidential race. And right now, Trump is in basically the same vote. He's kicking ass with white men. Uh, but once you get to, uh, you know, white women, uh, he's basically uh, doing a lot less uh, well with white women than Romney was in 2012. And the other point to bring up, and then I want to let Carol respond, is that the percentage of the population comprised by white men has decreased because the percentage comprised of the Hispanic community and other min- minorities is a higher percentage than it was in the 2012 election. That, and you factor in the, the fact that millennials are now the larger generation compared to baby boomers, it makes the map even more difficult for Trump. So I think there's two correct points in this because I've I've seen this, Brad, I know you've seen it, and Carol, obviously you've seen this in Trump supporters, and it, it has an effect on you, and it definitely is something not to ignore, but we have to be able to trust scientific polls and also look at demographics of this country and be able to figure out, okay, what does that actually mean, you know, for this election? But I know Brad and I have both said a lot, and I absolutely want to let you uh, respond with your thoughts, Carol, so go ahead. Oh, sure. Well, thank you very much, and I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I will say I'm a native of western North Carolina. I was born and raised on a farm here. I hand-set tobacco. I churn butter. And I will tell you, I went to a Mountain Baptist church, and in my whole life I have not seen the surges of hate and racism that I'm seeing now in North Carolina. Of course, we have HB2. we got a lot of other issues. It's like we've gone back 55 years here. And it's not just evangelicals that are going to vote for him. It's also a certain amount of my relatives, unfortunately, who are going to vote for this you-know-what. And um, I'm hoping that what you're saying, I want to be inspired by that, but I'm telling you, and it was also down at Emerald Isle. Many of the homes on the beach, these are not evangelicals. They had Trump pit signs everywhere there. No, everywhere, but absolutely. you're right. No one wants to say anything about Hillary because you know what happened in Asheville. Oh, yeah. And Trump you have... came, somebody who was 70 years old woman on oxygen was assaulted by a man yep. who got to go back home to his place in South Carolina without being arrested for a few days. Yep, I remember that. She she was a, a lifelong, she, she was part of many protest movements, very you know proud of it, using her civil liberties. An oxygen tank, I'll never forget reading that story. And that's exactly what I think people are afraid of. And you, can, But you know what? They don't know. When we go to vote, okay, they don't, it's a secret ballot, so people should never be afraid to vote, number one. And number two, I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing. Now, I'm uh, a pretty big guy, you know, I can handle myself, although, you know, that I don't want people to be intimidated when they go do this, but go with friends. I'm volunteering for Hillary Clinton's campaign starting next week. I live in Buffalo, obviously in New York, not a swing state, but we're canvassing in Pennsylvania and we you go in groups. You also have uh, the actual demographics and the registration, the voter registration of voters that you're going to, and a majority of the time, they actually send you to the House of Registered Democrats who are likely to vote uh, right. for Secretary Clinton. 
Clinton, and you're responsible for getting their, make sure they register to vote in their state, they have proper identification, and they know where their polling place is. So if you have a lot of this angst and nervousness and you want to make a difference, you can actually do so by phone banking or canvassing. And it's not like you're going to be walking up to, you know, some of these houses that have Trump Pence signs on the lawn and trying to change their mind. I think that's a misperception. When I first canvassed, Carol, I know you said you're very uh, politically involved. I thought I was going to be going into, you know, the lion's den here, but it wasn't that way at all. You know, it was it's it was not that way at all because they're not going to put people in harm's way. And the other thing I just want to finish with is if you look at the two campaigns in the end, People want to feel hopeful. People do want to feel inspired about this country. Trump has made people who feel uh, hate in their hearts, whether it be due to people of different color or different gender or whatever. He's hated on a lot of different people. He's made them feel that it's safe to say these things out in the open that we haven't said out in, in the open in you know decades. And that's why I think those people are so loud and you hear those voices because they're the most extreme voices. But those who are saying moderate things and reasonable things as we saw, like Hillary Clinton, you know, completely reasonable common sense in the debates. And she yeah. has a plan. This this woman, if, if we want to look at inspiration, look no further than Hillary Clinton. This woman has been bullied for decades and now is trying okay. to be yeah. pushed by the biggest bully of them all. And it's, it's, she's unfazed. You saw her come out on that stage completely unfazed. So I think if we want to look no further than the inspiration, I think she's a great example. And I think, you know, we can take her lead here. And the other thing, the most important thing is, in the end, I talk to people about the issues, and if you, you focus on the issues, this woman has a concrete plan. I know Trump made fun of her because she actually had d- detailed plans on her website, right. a novel idea, but she has detailed, concrete plans to address all of the major issues facing this country. I was actually looking at her website over the weekend, and I ran out of time. I couldn't even get through it all. It, you know, you don't have to look through every single one, but that's what people care about in the end, is how are you going to help my family, and how are you going to lead this nation? And in the end, yeah, you're right. There's plenty of people who have already made up their minds and we're not going to be able to change them. But not everyone is like that. And I think, you know, you are doing the right thing by staying involved and listening and also talking to people. So you don't have to talk to people who look like they'd rip your head <laughs> off, you know, but there's plenty of people that still want to be informed and that we can talk to. And I think it's worth it, you know, especially when you look at this man, if for no other reason, not only that you don't want him elected, but I think Hillary Clinton would would make a great president. And as Brad said, she has the experience on these issues. And, hey, you know what? We just found out over this weekend she's the one in the race who's not a tax cheat like Donald Trump. Oh, absolutely. And I do think folks here, though, are going to vote Democratic down ticket. Hmm. Especially when you look at that race. I've been doing a lot of work for Deborah Ross. Well, yeah, I mean, the the Kuyak I think she's going to beat Richard Burr. Well, in North Carolina, a great state to bring up with the, you know, the absolute just, you know, taking you back, I believe you said, you know, decades with some of these policies. And it's crazy. You look at Charlotte. It's such a progressive city, a, a progressive, you know, modern state. And, you know, the governor there and now, you know, a lot of these voters are just pushing these campaigns of hate. And I think. There's a great opportunity in North Carolina to reject both of them and to reject Trump. Uh, I mean, what a tur- you know what a, a, a turning of the tides it would be if they could all be turned on Election Day. Carol, I want to thank you for your call just because we're running out of time here. Uh, Brad, when we come back from the break, I want to finish with a couple questions for you. If anyone would like to join us, you're welcome to do so at 8886 Leslie. That's 888 This is Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. You're listening to The Leslie Marshall Show. Truth for all sides of the spectrum. 888-6-LESLIE. 
Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. Brad, I want to go quick to uh, our good friend Reggie in Georgia who wants to talk about Trump's uh, comments today, uh, basically insinuating that those uh, who suffer from PTSD are not strong. Uh, Reggie, go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, hey, Mark. How you doing, Mark? Happy Monday to you, Mark, Marky, Mark Grimaldi, and Brad Bannon, too, as well. I would just like to say that how would Donald Trump himself feel or would have felt had, had his very own full-grown able-bodied kids, especially Trump, Donald Trump Jr., went over there and fought for both Iraq and Afghanistan. They came and he came back. Oh, and they came back with PTSD and they committed suicide and they couldn't handle it. I think you're asking him to be empathetic and put himself in someone else's shoes, which I think, you know, he's shown throughout the campaign that he's unable to do because he lives a life so much different than everyone else. I mean, who, you know, few people can say they received $14 million ever in their life, let alone quote-unquote, make call that a small business loan from their father. I mean, the guy received, I believe it was five draft deferments, even though he still played sports because of some, I don't know, foot problem or something he allegedly had. Um, and I think this just further shows that. Brad, in the limited time that we have left, um, I want to talk about something that uh, only us political insiders, I think, or not, I shouldn't say that, but a lot of people who closely follow the election are always trying to figure out what's next. Um, and regarding a subject that seems to only be whispered in the darkest corners by uh, nervous Democrats and gleefully awaited by Trump supporters, uh, Julian Assange of WikiLeaks has been promising to release another big leak, um, and he has implied it will be on the scale of his previous DNC leak that resulted in Debbie Wasserman Schultz stepping down. He's scheduled to make a video announcement uh, this tomorrow morning this tuesday morning and trump loyalist and uh nutcase roger stone tweeted out quote wednesday hillary clinton is done hashtag wikileaks so another bit of bad news for donald trump about half an hour ago uh assuage uh canceled his video so canceled the video too I, i heard he canceled the balcony appearance now he's canceling the video as well that's my understanding yes and probably my guess is because he doesn't have anything to announce you know, I, uh, you know, I mean, you know, the 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 row between Debbie Wasserman Schultz and the Sanders people might have hurt in the primary, but it, it it was inside baseball. You know, if that's what he's got, if he's got anything, it's not going to do much good in the general election uh, because voters have bigger fish to fry, and you know, especially. That, you know, even let's say, you know, later in the week he reschedules this thing and has some bombshell. Uh, You know, does that mean that Trump's not going to say anything stupid in the next few days? Um, You know, highly likely he will. And the problem is every time something has happened that has pushed Hillary down and Trump up, Trump has had found some way to screw up the works. And again, I think he's self-destructive. He doesn't have any discipline. So anytime he gets close within striking distance of Hillary Clinton, he will say something or do something stupid to knock him down again. And I guarantee you this race probably will get closer again. But in the end, Donald Trump will basically just self-destruct uh, because that seems to be the kind of personality he has. 
Brad, just in the last minute here, I, I, we're, we're really getting into uncharted territory with this WikiLeaks stuff and with security experts linking the previous uh, document dumped by them to state-sponsored hacking by Russia. Is it fair to say that Russia is trying to influence our elections, uh, potentially hurting Hillary Clinton and getting Donald Trump uh, elected in just the, the last minute here? Well, yeah, there's a lot of evidence. I mean, look at the whole patent. This guy named Guccifer, uh, the uh, the tr- uh, email, the Twitter troller, uh, the CIA believes has ties to the KGB. Uh, Trump thinks Putin, who is a dictator and the former head of the Soviet secret police, is a nice guy. Uh, you, you put the pieces together, and Trump apparently has all sorts of financial investments tied up with the Russians. And yeah, I think there's a strong Russian presence that's trying to get Donald Trump elected because they see him as a pushover because he's already conceded the Ukraine to the Russians. Yeah, I think it's a very good point, Brad, and I think that honestly is the bigger story in all of this is, you know, why are they meddling in our elections and what are they trying to achieve here? Um, Something that I hope Americans are aware of when they look at the the documents that could be coming out. Thank you again for joining us, Brad. Always a pleasure uh, to have you. You can uh, tune in to Brad uh, joining Leslie most Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern and uh, most Tuesdays I have him on at 2 p.m. Eastern. Check out his website, BannonCR.com. Leslie will be right back after this break.